this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. I don't even know how I'm supposed to preach after this. Um, <laughs> I, I've never thought about preaching a song before, but as I listen to those lyrics, I'm like, man, there's like four points right there and you can break this thing down. And what powerful declarations we just said. And, uh, and I just want you to think of what we just said there at the end and what Martha was saying. He's the one that won't leave one behind. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning. But my God knows what you're going through. He knows where to find you. He knows your address. He knows your email address. He knows how to, he knows how to reach you. <laughs> he knows how to reach you. And I'm going to tell you something. He runs faster than all of us in this room put together. So if you're trying to run away from God, I have some news for you. He's already waiting for you where you're running to. How about that? <laughs> so... Uh, so this series that we started, and I want us to, can we give it up for the worship team for leading us into this amazing, amazing song this morning? Thank you guys. Thank you, all of you guys. Thank you. Amazing. As in this series that we're doing, we started last week and Pastor Milton brought an amazing message. I think it's touching that that is dearest to the heart of God, church. I think that what we're talking about uh, is, is those things that are so dear to him. And what is so dear to the heart of God? Well, those that don't know him yet. Those that have not encountered him personally yet. That's the most dear to God's heart. And I want you guys to know something. You guys that are watching online, you guys that are here, part of the Numa Church family. If that is the most important thing to God, the ones that don't know him yet, let me tell you something. This church is going to be about that that is most important to God's heart. Because if that's what his heart is beating for, man, I don't want to be doing a hundred other things. I want to be doing that that God's heart is beating for. You know, I want to be involved in that that is so important to him. You know, there's been moments in my life, you know, I have four kids and now, now this is not something that I'm in the habit of doing, all right, but uh, I have four kids and in two different instances, I've lost two of them, you know, um, like I said, this is not something that my wife and I have the habit of doing, you know, like going out and losing our kids and stuff like that, but there, <laughs> there's been moments, you know, and uh, one time we lost our son, Christian David, just from the house, you know, like, pastor, how do you lose him in the house? That's a whole different story. I'm not going to get into that. Some of you guys have heard me say that. And my daughter, Bella, one time we lost her on four Fourth of July in Fort Lauderdale Beach, you know, and it was packed with people and we didn't find her anywhere. Let me tell you, as a parent, you freak out, all right? You might want to kill them sometimes because of the things that they do, all right? But if you lose a kid, all right, you forget all that, you know, and you want to make sure that you know where they're at and you want to make sure that you know that they're safe and that they are where you are. You want to make sure that you have them by your side. Well, let me tell you something. If we are imperfect parents and we lose a kid and that's where our mind goes to, I want to tell you that our Heavenly Father is the same way with us. Our Heavenly Father has beautiful creation, people that he has made, that he wants them to be with him and his mind is constantly after them. He doesn't stop thinking about them. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, look what Luke 15 verse 7 says. I want you to go to, there with me in the scripture. 
Luke 15, verse 7. Uh, oh man, I'm a mess this morning. <laughs> As a guy, you usually don't like to use Kleenex, but sometimes, sometimes you got to do it, man. So anyways, Luke 15, 7, it says this. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What's this verse saying? That God's heart is after that one that has strayed away or doesn't know him yet. His heart is going after that, is beating after him. So if that is so important to God, church, and we in this room, we that are watching online, you know, love God with all our hearts because of who he is and, and what he has done for us. The question that I have is, what then should we be in the business of doing? What should we be doing if that's what God loves with all his heart? You know what we should be doing? Exactly that. Romans, come with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15. Everyone here this morning, you guys good? I'm just a little bit excited. I was ready to preach, but once I heard this song, I was like ready to take off, you know? Romans 10, all right, 13 through 15. Listen to the scripture with all your heart, okay? Pause for a second and listen to this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It starts like that. Who will be saved? Repeat with me. Everyone who calls on his name. Who will be saved? Everyone who calls on his name. So if you're here today, or you're watching through that camera, and you've never called on his name as Lord and Savior, and today you decide to call on his name, the Bible promises, not Pastor Chris, not a church, the Bible, the Lord promises that you will be saved. And then it continues by saying, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Right? Good question. All right. And then it continues. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And Milton made a great point of that because there's people that are filling our churches and still don't know him and haven't heard about them the right way. All right. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That's from where I got the title for this series. Okay, how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? All right, and here at Numa Church, oh, this is a sending church. I want you to go out there and during the week make a difference wherever you go, whether at home, at work, in your neighborhood, at school with your buddies at the gym, wherever you are, hey, I'm sending you, go. That's why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We should be bringing church, all right? The good news of the gospel of Jesus to all those that we can. To all those that we can, we should be bringing the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And the Bible says, oh, how beautiful are the feet. My feet are not too beautiful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the Lord says they are beautiful if you are the messenger that is taking the steps to go to where the people are. The Lord says, oh, those people bless me. Those people bless me. Those people bless me. You know that there's so many people that don't know him yet, church. 
There's so many people, all right, that are mourning right now. Maybe the loss of a loved one, maybe a sickness, maybe a a, a situation with a family member. There's so many people that are in sorrow right now. There's so many people right now in bondage, desperate to get out of of, of addiction. They're not going to do it by themselves. I'm here to tell you that. You don't break addiction just by yourself. (laughs) Oh boy. There's so many people that are living as a slave to fear, all right, with hearts broken, broken people all around us. You see, and Jesus said it this way, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. If you're here, I want to tell you something that is kind of crazy, all right, this is kind of crazy what I'm going to say, but you are within the category of the healthy, (laughs) You might be like, "Uh, Pastor, you should know my stuff. Uh, The Lord considers you within the healthy. There's people out there that he considers the sick. And if God considers you sick, that's not the doctor. All right? That's not your kid's pediatrician. All right? That's God that says they're sick. And you know who he's sending to heal those people? Us. So if creation will worship so will I. If creation goes out and does every bidding of his heart, so will I. I'm going to go ahead and do that. That's why this series is called Let Them Hear. And I love the little logo with the, ma- you know, with the you know, megaphone. You know, if you're an old wrestling fan, you remember a Jimmy Hart, you know, he used to have one of those mega, anyways, you guys just went over your head, don't worry about it. Just come with me into, into this message, all right? But we're called here to proclaim proclaim his greatness. We're here to share the gospel of Jesus to the world. That's what we're called to do, church, all right? And I declare in Jesus' name that this is the time where you stand up in boldness and you start sharing the gospel with those family members that still don't know Christ and they're going to come to Jesus. They're going to come to him with all their heart. I know that this is the time that you've been inviting people to church and they've been saying, well, you know, and you know, and you know what? I believe in Jesus' name that this is the moment that they're going to accept that invitation. Right, Pastor Milton? You've been working on some of that stuff. Inviting people. I love that. He invites people wherever he goes to come. And we're going to help you with that. I'm going to tell you that there at the end. Neighbors, neighbors that see what God is doing in your life and they see you all pretty good and happy and all this, man, They want to know, you know, they want to know what's in the juice that you're drinking. They want to know what's going on in your life, you know, and it's time that we tell them, all right, children. I know that there's people here that might have some of their children that they're away from the Lord. I'm declaring in Jesus' name that this is the season that those children are going to come back to him. All those that you've been praying that have strayed away, in Jesus' name, we're believing that this is the season they come back to him. Even atheists, you know, the atheists, they talk about, you know, well, there's no God and God doesn't exist and all these things. And the Big Bang Theory, you guys all know about the Big Bang Theory. And it's, you know that it takes more faith to believe that everything was created from a Big Bang than to have faith to believe that there's a God that created everything. It's, it's crazy. Actually, from my, you know, science class in college, one of the things that my professor said, the same heat that it would have taken to create everything. In the first millisecond of the Big Bang, that same heat would have destroyed everything that it created. Imagine that. 
So there would have been no creation out of a big bang. All right, now you're taking some science home, even from the service to Pastor Chris. I'm dropping it today, all right? Giving you a little bit of everything up here today, all right? So I'm believing, guys, that this is the moment where we go and tell. And I want to challenge you, church. This is a challenge I made at the beginning of the year. I, I've been doing this the last few years. All right, last year was a COVID year. It was a little bit weird, but I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to remind you of this challenge. I challenged you guys, all right, that in the time of this year, 2021, that we would get the word out and try to invite at least two families here to Numa to come. You know, we, we want to get this campaign, okay? Every chair filled. We're about to get new chairs in about a week, a week and a half, the new chairs get here, all right? And I'm excited for that. And some of you guys have been giving. I love to see envelopes for the offering that's saying, this is to pay for five chairs. It's amazing. We've been seeing that. But we don't want to have chairs just to have chairs. We want to have chairs to have people sitting in the chairs, Amen. And how are we going to get those people seated in the chairs? Because we're going to go and tell them. If each of us reach two families, okay, this year, oh man, I'm going to tell you, great things are going to start happening. You know, amazing things are going to start happening. All right? Now, how do I reach them, pastor? What do I tell them? I, I mean, I'm not you, you know, you can just tell them the Bible, you know, so what do I tell them? Well, I'm going to tell you with today's message, all right, about probably the most powerful weapon that you could have, okay, to, to speak to someone about Christ. And you know what that weapon is? Is your testimony. Can you say that word with me? Testimony, okay? That's the most powerful weapon that you could have to share with somebody about Christ. Why? Listen to this, because it's your own story. It's your personal story. It's your story with God. It's what God has done in your life. And let me tell you something. Not even an atheist could come and tell you that's not true. Why? Because it's your story. <laughs> I mean, I've seen God in my life. And I could sit down with five, ten people telling me God does not exist. And I'm going to tell them, explain this that I've lived. Come on, tell me. You're not going to move me from there. Why? Because I've lived it. I've seen God's goodness here on earth. I've seen it in the land of the living, like David said. And when you have a story like that, you know what happens to your faith? You become unshakable. When you hear people talking about crazy stuff and all that, you know what it makes you do? You pray for them. But it doesn't make you think, oh man, maybe it's true what he's saying and maybe I've missed out. I don't think about none of that stuff because the way that I've seen God show up in my life, ooh. So today's message is called the power of your testimony. The power of your testimony. Let them hear, let them hear what? The power of your testimony. I want the people to hear the power of your testimony. And I'm going to fly through this, all right? But there's four aspects of your testimony, okay? Of your personal story that you need to understand so that he can use that story to change others. Four aspects of your testimony. Come with me to the book of Mark, okay? Chapter 5. Oh, you're going to love this today. Mark chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. Got a couple of characters over there, Tiffany. All right, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. All right, it says this. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the, uh, I've always had a hard time with this word, all right, Gerasenes, all right. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, 
a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. All right, I want to tell you something. You haven't met anybody like this dude right here. All right, no matter how tough the situation that you've been trying to face, not like this guy. All right, listen to this. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. All right, wherever he was put, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. All right. When is the last time you talked to somebody like this guy? No, right? None of us have encountered a guy in this condition. I want you to write point number one for today's message. All right. You, want, you need to understand how your life was before encountering Christ. Okay, you need to understand when you're going to talk about your personal story and your testimony and you want to share that with others, you need to understand how your life was before encountering Christ. All right? And maybe you grew up in church. I have my kids here, you know, and they've grown up in church and they're like, well, you know, and, and praise God for that. I remember a guy, and I always say the story, you know, that used to be here. He grew up here as a kid. And when I was coming in, he was going out. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to go into the world so I could get a testimony. I'm like, brother, don't be looking for a testimony, bro. Just stay where you're at. I got plenty. Yeah, I can lend you a couple of testimonies. You know what I'm saying? Or what God has done in my life. You don't need to be looking for trouble. So if God has spared you some pain, thank God for that. You know, Pastor Max is like, preach a piece. <laughs> you know, but let me tell you something. We all do have a story, no matter how good we might be or how churchy we might be. And if you're like me, that you come from the outside, oh boy, we got some stories. Not one, we got some, you know. And this guy right here had a story. This guy's life was a mess, church. Okay, listen, they would try to restrain him with chains, with shackles to try to control his behavior. He was out of control. Okay, you might know people like this, all right? Maybe that was you before. Okay, no one wanted to be near him, all right? He howled, he screamed, he would hurt himself. He lived among the tombs. This is a real bad scenario, church. This is a real bad situation, and maybe your life was like this before Christ. Maybe not to that point, but maybe you identify with some of the things that, that, that are here. Maybe you were a complete mess. No one really loved you for who you really were. You got into relationships. Then you tried to start working and possessing things and, and making money and doing this and, and doing that and maybe throwing parties and being around your friends and, and, and all these things. And at the end of the day, you still felt empty. And all these people that you would let close instead of blessing you, they would end up hurting you more. And you would end up at a deeper and further place away from God than when you started. We need to understand how our life was before Christ. Look what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, first part of 3. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Pastor, I had many sins? Yes, you did. <laughs> you used to live in sin. 
just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Pastor, I've never obeyed the devil. Well, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> it is crazy. The commander of the powers of the unseen world. Who's causing all the troubles in the world? There it is. All right, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. How many of us? All of us. This is an absolute. It includes us all into the sentence. All right. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. That's our condition before Christ. Say with me, before Christ. Okay, B.C., all right? That's the B.C. When I read time, B.C., in my life is before Christ. It was a mess, all right? Thank God that the story didn't stay like that, all right? And this is going to lead me uh, to the second point, all right? And we're going to continue reading this story, Mark chapter 5. That's where we are. Now we're going to continue reading in verse 6, all right? When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him. And bowed low before him. I don't even know if some of us at church have the attitude that this guy had. But anyways, that's another preaching. (laughs) With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, imagine this, the demon is using, (laughs) in the name of God. (laughs) In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. And Jesus demanded, what is your name? And, uh, and he replied, my name is Legion. Pay attention. He's not talking to the guy. He's talking to the spirit that is controlling him that we just read. That is who? The spirit of this world that the devil's commanding. My name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send him to some distant place. I want to let you know something. I got to say this. Okay, the devil is no match for our God. I don't know why we think God, the devil. No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's God and like the devil. um, Is he down there somewhere? Because the devil begged Jesus. Begged Jesus. Okay? God is not negotiating with the enemy. You don't need to negotiate with the enemy. All right? The evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs. I feel bad for these pigs. All right? That's the title for a preaching also. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission And the evil spirits came out of the men and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Now, that must have been a sight, all right? The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. And a crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, pay attention, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. The second point that I want you to write this down today, all right? Second aspect of your testimony that we need to understand so that God could use us to touch other people, okay? We need to understand what Christ did for us. 
Number one, we need to understand where we were before him. What we need, the number two is what he's done for us. Okay, what has he done for us? All right. Well, he did a lot for this young man. Okay. This man was living in a place where nobody wanted to be near him. And I love the fact that it says here that when Jesus arrived, number one, the only miracle and the only thing that Jesus does there is this. He went there for the one. Because he gets back on the boat and goes to the other side. (laughs) Here's the first thing Jesus did. He came near. And we need to come near to those that are lost. We can't stay away. We can't expect them all to come here. No, we need to first go to where they're at. And that might be the only mission you need to do. Then you step away. Don't stay hanging around. (laughs) You go, you do what you need to do. You step out. You invite. Jesus went near. What did he do for us? Well, he came near us. He rescued us. He loved us. He freed us. That's what he did with this guy. He freed him from the enemy. Look at how this man is after this. It says here that he was sitting. This guy was uncontrollable. He didn't sit. And now he's sitting fully clothed. There has to be a moment that the scripture doesn't say, but Jesus told one of his disciples, take out your garment and put it around him. Jesus didn't, you know, he wasn't walking around with a gym bag. You know what I'm saying? So he must have told Peter, you like that tunic you're wearing, right? Yeah, bro, this is like Air Jordan. Well, take that thing off and put it on him. And Peter's like, what? Why me? Because you're always talking, Peter, you know? So just (laughs) just put it on him. (laughs) The guy is sitting fully clothed. He wasn't clothed before. That's what that scripture is saying right there. All right, you're going to encounter some crazy things sometimes. And he was perfectly sane. I love that part. He was perfectly sane. And some of us are in the middle of that process. Okay, point number one, remember how you were before Christ. Point number two, what Christ has done in your life. All right? You need to understand that with with your testimony. Some of us are in the middle of that process. I understand that. Some of us are in the middle. I, I want you to understand, this guy was sitting. Some of us, he, we're being sat at his table in the spirit. And some of us, I, I want you to know that, that he's made a place for you. He's made a place for you. He made a place for me, church. Some, some of us in this room, all right, he's changing your clothing. In the Bible, that's big right there. He's dressing you with, what is he dressing me? He's dressing you with acceptance. He's dressing you with, with value. He's dressing you with love. Every song today was perfect. They just, just fit in. Here as in heaven, he's clothing you with his love. Others, he's healing our mind. This guy was perfectly sane. Some of us, God needs to work on our minds. He, was, he healed his mind, our emotions. Some of us are a mess. And God patiently works with us. And I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even be here. And that's probably the same for many of us that are here or watching online. 
You need to understand what he did for you. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. Now, why do I say that it's important that you understand what he did for you? Well, let's continue. Verse 16 and 17. This takes me to the third point. Those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus, go away and leave, and leave them alone. Okay, what's the third aspect of your testimony that you need to understand when others see what Christ has done in you? When others see, when it's visible that there's a life change that is taking place in you, all right? What Christ has done in you. There comes a moment let me tell you something, that what God is doing in your life becomes evident. It becomes clear. I remember when that happened in my life, my friends were like, hey, we call you and you don't want to go out with us anymore. What happened? And I remember that some of my boys got mad at me at the beginning. Oh, he sold out. I remember that word. You guys remember that word? Oh, he sold out. Yeah, I sold out to Jesus. That's what I did, you know. He sold out. He doesn't come with us to the club anymore. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. They started to take notice. And then there was a few of them that said, hey, talk to me. What's going on? And those are the people that I talked to them. And those are the people that ended up coming with me to church. You know, so I want to let you know something. All right. That here, these men saw what was happening in the young men. All right. And they started to tell others in that town, hey, you know so-and-so? You know what happened to him? The guy that was breaking everything, it was uncontrollable? You know what? He's changing. What? No, yeah, yeah, you got to come and see this. You got to come and see what's happening. And you know what was the reaction? They told Jesus to leave. All right. And here's where I want to start landing this plane. They told Jesus to leave. They didn't want Jesus there. You know why they didn't want Jesus there? Listen, because there's some people that when they see Jesus, they're like, oh no, I don't want to change. I'm happy right here where I'm at doing what I'm doing. And if Jesus comes, he's going to mess up my life. He's going to mess up my plans. He's going to mess up what I want to do. I don't want Jesus. Tell him to go away. And you know what they did? They kicked Jesus out of that place. They kicked Jesus out of that place. You know why they kicked Jesus out of that place? Because the people there, they were working with pigs. They were herding pigs and they were Jews. And the Jews and the pigs, they can't get together. It's an unclean animal. And these guys were saying, Jesus is bad for business. We just lost 2,000 pigs. For them, the pigs were more valuable than the guy. We don't want to lose our gambling. We don't want to lose our prostitution. We don't want to lose our drug using. We don't want to lose this or that. Tell Jesus to get away. Crazy, man. And in Mark 18, uh, 5, verse 18, as we close the story, we're going to land it. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. What did the guy want to do? He wanted to go with Jesus. He was in love with Jesus because of what Jesus had done in his life. He wanted to be one of those disciples and one of those followers. And Jesus said, no. And you might read that and say, hey man, what's up with Jesus? Why did he say no? Jesus said, no. 
Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Do what? Go and tell them. Tell them what God has done for you. So the men started off to visit the 10 towns. How many towns? 10 towns. All right. It's called Decapolis. Okay. In, in, in the Roman. That was that town, Decapolis. He went to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things. Listen, he didn't take an evangelism course. This guy didn't even go through the growth track. <laughs> if he would come to Numa and say, hey, you got to do the growth track. This guy didn't do it, man. He, he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. The fourth aspect, write this down. The fourth aspect of your testimony that you need to understand so that you can make an impact in the life of others is the importance that you tell others what Jesus did for you. The importance that you tell others what Jesus did for you. You got to tell them. You got to tell them. That's, let me tell you something. The best advertisement for NUMA is not whatever I could put on social media. They could put very nice pictures of me. I love the social media team. I love you guys. I bless you guys. I give you guys a shout out for everything that you guys do during the week and all. But let me tell you, the best advertisement, you know what it is? A changed life. A life that has encountered Jesus says, you know what? You need to come and see what God is doing in my life and you got to come to this place because God is there. That's the best advertisement. What God is doing in you. And let me tell you, sometimes it's not pretty. It's not organized. But it's your story with God. It's your story with God. You know, that whole region, those 10 cities, had closed their door to Jesus. They, they didn't want him there. But Jesus tells this kid, you know what? I don't want you to come with me. I want you to go and tell your family. I want you to go to tell your friends. I want you to go around and say what God has done for you. And you know what this kid did? He went and did what Jesus told him. He went around and he started to proclaim in those 10 cities what God had done for him, what Jesus had done for him. He understood. I want to challenge you. Here comes the homework. Any of you guys like homework? Here comes the homework, all right? I want you guys to write your testimony down. I want you guys to write your testimony down. Listen to this in 300 words or less. This is homework. Your testimony in 300 words or less, all right? The first 150 are how your life was before Christ. And the next 150 is what Jesus has done for you. Okay? And why in 300 words? Because you know what I want you to do? I want you to go over it. And I want you guys to memorize it. And I want you guys to be ready to share your testimony. Because sometimes you don't have half an hour to tell somebody to sit down to hear your story. Maybe all you have is two minutes. And in two minutes, you got to say, hey, listen, this is who I was. And this is what God has done for me. And you need to know it. You need to know it. You have to have it down, packed. And then what do you do? Then you give the invitation. And you know what? That same Jesus that changed me could change you. You want to receive him? 
you want to accept him in your heart. And that's when you start seeing the miracles. You guys are ready for this? This is going to be powerful. I'm giving you a tool, the power of your testimony. And another tool that I want to give you is these cards. We have these made out for you. Actually, we just revamped them a little bit and put a couple of extra things. But these are, uh, we call them acts of kindness cards. Okay. And at the end, we're going to have ushers out there with a bunch of these so that you could take two, three, four, take five. We made like 5,000. All right. And wherever you go, take these with you. All right. It says a little, okay, something extra to show you that God loves you. And then it has our information from church. So you give a good tip to somebody, you drop the card. You share with somebody about Christ, you give them the card. Say, you know what? There's a God that's thinking about you. And there's a church that is praying for you. Um, they kicked out this Jesus from that place. And you know what happens? I don't have time to get into this. But you could read, all right, two chapters later in Mark 7, starting in verse 31, all right, to 35, I believe. Jesus goes back to that town and he heals a guy that is deaf and mute. And you know what the people say? Now everything that he does is good. We see that what God does is good. And I'm like thinking, what happened between chapter five when he gets kicked out and chapter seven that they say everything that he does is good. You know what happened between those two chapters? The testimony of a life of a person that didn't go with Jesus, stayed in his town and started to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh, you could be the person that can revolutionize your community. You can revolutionize the place where you work. You can revolutionize your school. I wish I was 16 with the faith that I have now. I would take my classroom by storm. One person with the power of his testimony. And I declare Numa Church that that's each and every one of us that are in this room or that are watching. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. Here we go. I want you right there with your eyes closed to take a moment and think of what God has done in your life. Think of how your life was before Jesus. And then when he came into your life and how he started to fix the mess. <laughs> Start thinking of how he started to do that. And I want you to see yourself where he has you now. It might not be perfect yet, there might still be signs that says work, you know, work, construction, under repair. That's fine. He's working. And now right there where you're at, I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to use my life and my testimony, my story. Use my life. Use my testimony. You're watching there at home. You're driving. You're in a hotel room. Just tell the Lord, Lord, use my life. Use my story to reach others. Help me gather my thoughts so that I can write that testimony, so that it can be a weapon that I have, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now, God. You're so amazing. You're so powerful. You're so wonderful. 
You're so great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you're a good God. Thank you, Lord God, because you want to do the same thing that you did with this young person. You want to do through me and my family. The same thing that you did through him, Lord, in his neighborhood, you want to do through me. The same thing that you did through him, Lord, in that whole, in that whole town, Lord, you want to do through me, Lord. And I might not see it now, my God, but I know that you in me, oh, we could do it, God. So I surrender to you. Just tell him I surrender to you. Use my life to make a difference in this world, wherever I go. And right there where your eyes closed, head bowed, you're watching online. There could be a possibility that there's people that are here this morning, people that are watching at home that have never invited Jesus to come into your life. And you're like, Pastor, I don't even have a story because I haven't come to him yet. Well, this is your moment. This is the moment that it becomes personal to you. This is the moment where he comes near to you. And you might say, but Pastor, I have this, I have that. And yes, you saw here, he wasn't afraid by all the stuff this kid had. He came and he spoke words of love, of affirmation. He clothed them with kindness and, and love. So right there where you're at, he wants to do the same thing. And you might be, Pastor, what do I need to do? Receive him as your savior. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How about you call on his name today? And you're like, how do I do that, Pastor? Well, let me lead you in a prayer. Let's call on him together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer so that you can do that with me. Right there, heads bowed, eyes closed. And you want to do that today for the first time. I want you to repeat with me, Lord Jesus, right now, I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross to pay for my sins and resurrecting on the third day to give me eternal life. Today, I receive that eternal life. I declare that I am forgiven and ready to live a new life that you offer me with my heavenly Father. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can live according to your plan and purpose for my life. And Jesus, take me into the arms of my heavenly Father and fill me with your love. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all say, Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.